right, we're going to be in 1 John tonight. I don't know if I said that or not. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. We're going to be talking about prayer tonight. Some of you may know or may not know, but tomorrow is National Day of Prayer here in the United States. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I, uh, and we'll invite everybody to come to the courthouse tomorrow. They're having a, a gathering out in front of the courthouse, just a time of prayer. Everybody is invited to come to that and uh, would encourage you to come. It's going to be at 12 o'clock if anybody wants to come. and Just be there in front of the courthouse uh, uh, and join everybody that shows up so we can uh, lift up our country in a time of prayer. Now, prayer is an important part of the Christian life. Prayer is our communication with God. Uh, prayer is a blessing that we have, that we are able to pray to God. It's great that we have open communication with God, that we don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops, that there's, that there's not somebody else we have to go through, but we get to go directly to God and we get to bring our requests to Him. Now, when we pray to God, it, it shouldn't always be just asking for things, although sometimes it may be that our prayer life kind of trends in that way. Uh, but we also want to remember to praise God, to thank God. Sure, we have requests, and we need to bring those requests to God. God wants us to ask Him for those things and bring those requests to Him. But there are many things that God does for us, many times that He answers our prayers, and we don't want to forget to thank God for answering our prayers that He has answered. Also, maybe to pray that He would give us patience for those prayers that He hasn't answered or maybe those prayers that he didn't answer quite in the way that we thought they should have been answered. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you that you hear us, dear Lord. I pray that you would help us to come to you. Dear Lord, help us to never be too busy to pray. God, I pray that you would forgive me for that, for not coming to you and talking to you in that way that I should. Dear Lord, maybe there are others here that just don't have a good prayer life. God, I pray that something that we read tonight, something in your word, the Holy Spirit would move in our life and convict us, dear Lord, so that we would be in communication with you. God, not just to talk to you, but also to listen to you, dear Lord, that the Holy Spirit would work in our life and that we would hear how you're speaking into our lives through the Spirit, through your Word, dear Lord God. So I pray that as we talk about prayer tonight and as we look at some examples of prayer, God, that these words would be just what we need to hear. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Isn't it, a, isn't it a reassuring thing to know that if we are genuinely seeking God with all of our heart, we're genuinely calling out to God and seeking Him, that He hears us. We serve a God who listens to us. Not half-heartedly, not someone who doesn't uh, is, is busy doing something else. It's not that we serve a God to say, okay, yeah, I got all this other stuff going on. There's wars, there's people starving. What do you want? Okay, so-and-so's sick. I'll see if I can get to it later. That's not the God that we serve. Now, sometimes we may be that way. We may be busy on our phone and somebody's talking to us, or we may be busy cooking, or we may be busy doing this, that, and the other, and somebody's talking to us, and we may not always give them their undiv our undivided attention. Michelle would probably amen that. She says that I don't ever listen to her. Now, it's probably just me. I know you women, your husbands all listen to everything that, that you say. But sometimes, as much as I hate to admit it, 
She's right. I'm thinking about other stuff. But that's because I'm simple-minded. And you, you women got to remember, when you t- this is totally off topic, but it's okay. This is good for us. You women got to remember that us men, we, we're pretty simple. You can't tell us a whole bunch of stuff. You got to get to the point real quick. We don't need the build-up. We just need the point. We just need, what do you want from us? What is this leading to? So anyway, uh, sometimes as, as, as human beings, we may not have uh, someone's full attention because they're busy or preoccupied. But we serve a God who is not preoccupied. We serve a God who, who cares about each one of us and who wants to hear from us, who wants us to come to Him. Uh, we see that in Scripture. We see that all throughout Scripture. We see prayer talked about in many different ways. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Scriptures is James chapter 5, uh, verse 16. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Now that's the King James. That's what I learned it in, and that's just, that's just what I remember it as. That fervent prayer, that, that passionate prayer, that effective prayer of the righteous person, those who seek the Lord, those who are in Christ, that righteous person who is passionately, diligently praying to, the God, to God that He would answer those prayers, those prayers availeth much. Those prayers God hears. Those prayers God answers. Maybe not always the way that we would like Him to answer those prayers. But there's no question as we read the Bible. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture reminds us that God hears our prayers. One example we have of God hearing a prayer or request of Moses comes in Exodus 32. Now we will get to that in a few months at the rate we're going now when we get uh, through Exodus. And I won't read the whole passage out just for time's sake. But in Exodus 32 verses 9 through 14, uh, God's people, the Israelites, have, have, have begun to grow tired of waiting on Moses to come back down the mountain. So they make a golden calf with all of their jewelry. They melt it down. And God becomes angry with the Israelites. Now, this is natural. God has put up with a lot from the Israelites. We've seen that so far, and we've only got through 19 chapters of Exodus. There's still a lot to go for chapter 32. God has put up with a lot from the Israelites, and when this event takes place, God is angry, and God wants to wipe them out, and God wants to bless Moses, and he says, I'm going to bless you. But Moses reminded God of the promise that he had made through Abraham, and Moses interceded for the people. He asked God, he said, God, please don't destroy these Israelite people. Please have mercy on them. Please uh, punish me, but don't punish them. And God relented from the destruction that he wanted to bring on the Israelites because Moses interceded. Now, we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. Intercessory prayer is very important. When we think about, well, I'm praying for so-and-so, but I'm not, I don't see any difference being made, you keep praying because you never know. It may be your prayer that you're interceding for them, that you're asking for God to be patient with them, that you're asking for God to change their heart. It may be that prayer that you are lifting up, that you are interceding on their behalf, and God is listening to you. We see that God listens. We see that in the example of Moses in Exodus chapter 32. That's a good chapter. You can go read that. That's good stuff. We see plenty of other examples in Scripture. Another example we see of prayer uh, that is answered is in Jonah chapter 2 verse 2. Uh, we, most of you may have read the story. If you have not read the story, uh, Jonah gets eaten by a big fish. And what does Jonah do? 
He begins to pray, much like many of us. Everything's good uh, in our life. Uh, Maybe sometimes God calls us to something. We run the other way. Trouble ensues. What's the first thing we do? We pray. It's amazing how strong our prayer life gets when we get into difficult circumstances. And guess what? Jonah was no different. And in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. That's a beautiful prayer. You want to read a good prayer of deliverance, of of salvation that Jonah recognizes that God is his salvation and his deliverance? Go and read Jonah chapter 2. It's beautiful. And he starts that prayer off by saying that he called to God in his distress and God answered him. Now there may be some of us in here who are in distress. We get that way, right? Sometimes it's because of our own situations, our own sins. Sometimes it's because of situations we don't have control of. Sometimes we may be depressed or sometimes we may be tired or sometimes we may be distressed in a way similar to what Jonah is. But Jonah gives us a good example, and that is to call out to the Lord in the times of your distress. It's amazing to me how, how sometimes I'll, I'll linger in hard times, and then it dawns on me, you know, you hadn't prayed about this. Duh. That should be like the first thing I should do, right, as a Christian. And I'm a preacher, so that should be just automatic. Like, I should automatically just start praying. But sometimes I'll be going through something, and I'll be like a few days in, and I'll be like, you know what, I hadn't even really prayed about this. Now, I'm talking about really praying. I ain't talking about just saying, okay, God, help me. Too. I'm talking about like really, that fervent prayer, that passionate prayer, that diligent prayer that you are really crying out to God. And sometimes we may not get there as quick as we should, but we see all throughout Scripture the power of prayer. Another good example of prayer that came to mind uh, was the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel. Uh, there was a lady named Ham- Hannah, and she didn't have any children. And it was, it was very difficult for her. And this is not uncommon for us to see in the Scripture. And it may be hard for us to recognize exactly how big of a deal it was because in our culture, it's not quite as big of a deal. Now, yes, people here want children, and it is sad when people can't have a child, but it's sad for, for different reasons. In that culture, the more children you had as a female, the more you were looked up upon. And for a woman or a wife who couldn't bear a child, they were, they were looked down upon. It was a disgraceful thing. And here was Hannah, and she could not bear her husband a child. And she began to pray to the Lord. She began to cry out to the Lord that God would bless her with a child. You can find this story in 1 Samuel chapter 1. This is some good stuff. You guys can mark these things down because this is some good reading. We can't go over all the details. But in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 15, this is part of her prayer. It says, No, my Lord, Hannah replied, I am a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. Don't think of me as a wicked woman. I've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Now, this text out of context may not make any sense. So let me give you some context of what was taking place here. There was a high priest by the name of Eli, and he had overheard and he had seen Hannah praying. 
And he thought that she was drunk because she was praying so hard. It says that her lips were moving, but the words weren't coming out. And she was praying to the Lord. And he come up to her and said, what are you doing? Why are you drunk? Why are you acting this way? And she says, no, Lord. When she says, Lord, there at the beginning, she's talking to Eli. And she explains to him that she's not drinking, that she's not out of her mind, but that she is... She is diligently praying to the Lord that God would bless her with a child. And you know what God does? He blesses her with a child. His name is Samuel. Eli's sons were wicked and evil and did all these things they shouldn't have done. But it was Samuel who was a man of God who eventually uh, recognized that David was to be the next king as God began to work through Samuel and work through David. And God used Samuel in a mighty way because Hannah was faithful to go before the Lord and to pray diligently for a child. And God blessed her with that child. Another good example of a prayer that we see in Scripture is Jesus himself praying right before Jesus was crucified. One of the things that he did that he obviously thought was important, we see Jesus praying a few instances in Scripture, but here right before Jesus died, what was he doing? He was praying to the Lord. He says in Mark chapter 14, verse 36, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Now here was Jesus in this most difficult time and he knew what was before him and he prayed, Father, if there's any way, take this from me, but not what I will, what you will. Now what God willed there was that Jesus would be given as a sacrifice. That prayer wasn't answered, but Jesus had full faith when he went to the Father and made that request. We need to be careful when we pray. Some would say that, well, the reason why your prayers aren't being answered is because you don't have enough faith. Well, I believe that Jesus here had perfect faith in his request. But the key to what we see here is that Jesus was more concerned about God's will than his will. God didn't answer this prayer of Jesus, and it was not because of a lack of faith on Jesus, but it was not the will of the Father. Jesus didn't uh, desire to suffer in that way. He wished there would have been another way, but he knew that if there wasn't another way, he would, he would gladly suffer for you and I. He would gladly carry out the Father's will because that was most important to him. Another example we see in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, it's, uh, Paul says that he has a thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't know what this thorn in the flesh is. One, one good theory is that it was his eyesight. We see a few scriptures that may uh, uh, lend, uh, lead us to think that there was something wrong with his eyesight. But whatever this thorn in the flesh was, he had prayed to God three times that God would remove this thorn in the flesh, this difficulty that he was experiencing. But it was not God's will to remove it. It was there in the flesh, and it kept Paul from boasting, he says in the text. Now, Paul, I believe, wholeheartedly was a man of God. I believe that Paul had faith, but God didn't answer that prayer. And, and, and we need to know that, is that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer. <coughs> Maybe because we are asking for something sinful, as we see at the beginning of the book of James, uh, we shouldn't pray for things that we want just to, to better ourselves or to enrich ourselves. We need to pray for things that are going to, to be the will of God. 
We want to have genuine prayers for the, the cares and the needs of other people. We don't want to pray selfish things like God give me a million dollars because more than likely that would lead us from the Lord, not to the Lord. And so sometimes we may want to ask for things that are not God's will. And we need to be mindful that when we are praying to God that we're not praying for our desires, but that we are praying for the will of God to be carried out. After all, God's ways are higher than our ways. We may not understand the things that he's doing. We may not understand why he does not answer the prayer in the way that we want it answered, but we still need to pray just the same because God does hear our prayers, and sometimes God does answer our prayers in the way that we want them to be answered. If God is not answering our prayers, it may not at all be because we don't have the faith. It may simply be that it's not God's will. A measure of a man or woman's faith uh, may not be that God has answered their prayers, but rather how they respond when God doesn't answer their prayers. You see, some will pray and God won't answer and they'll lose their faith. But we don't want to be those who lose our faith in a God because he doesn't answer the prayer the way that we want it answered. We want to be those who are like Paul and who are like Jesus that say, God, I know fully that you can do this. I know that you have the power to do this, God, but I want your will to be done. Because in my mind, it seems like this needs to be corrected. This needs to be healed. This needs to be changed. But God, I'm not you. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Now, there may be things in your life that you need to pray about. There may be things that God is not answering the way that you want. Or there may be things that God wants to answer in your life, but you're not asking him to answer those things. But we want to have faith in God, whether he answers the way we want him to or not. There are many <laughs> prayer needs that we have in our life, whether it's those who are sick, whether it's a need for ourselves or whether it's a need for our country. But as Christians, we need to have a prayer life. We need to be going before the Lord in prayer. And I don't know what anybody's prayer life is. Y'all may pray three times a day. You may pray once every three weeks. I don't know. But I want to encourage you today that if you don't have a prayer life with the Lord, you need to have a prayer life. You need to make your request known to Him. You need to ask that his will be done and that he give you the strength and the, and the patience to, to go through whatever circumstances or situations you're in if he doesn't answer immediately or doesn't answer in the way that you would like him to answer. But know that he is God and he is doing exactly the perfect thing that needs to be done. We need a strong prayer life. We've seen just a few examples tonight of those who went before the Lord, some of which their prayers were answered, others they weren't answered. But every time that God answers a prayer the way we want or not, he's doing it for the right reasons. We need to be in communication with God, not just in our request to him, but in our praise to him and our thanks to him for all the prayers that he has answered. If you're not praying to God, then you need to start. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these few examples and I pray that you would help us to have a, a strong prayer life. Dear Lord, your word tells us to ask you to come to you, dear Lord, to have faith. And we want to do that, God. We want to be faithful uh, to come to you and, and have faith when we do, dear Lord. There's no question that you can do anything. You can do anything and everything, dear Lord. But we also know, God, that sometimes you don't. God, we may ask with all the faith in the world, but dear Lord, we may not be asking for the right thing. 
We may be asking for selfish reasons, but God, help us to, to, to be able to accept whatever the answers to our prayers are, dear Lord. God, we thank you for the times that you answer yes when we ask you, dear Lord, and you respond. We thank you for the healings that you've done that we experience when we pray for those who are sick, for the needs that are met when we see them and we pray for them. God, for just helping us to, when we're having a bad day to, to give us a better attitude, dear Lord, to give us a little sense of peace and calm, dear Lord. There are many times that you are with us and hear our prayers and answer them, God. And we thank you for those times. God, I pray that we would have a strong uh, prayer life with you, each and every one of us. God, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. We don't have to use big fancy words, dear Lord. It's not about any of that. It's just about what's on our heart. So whether it's a 10-second prayer or a 10-minute prayer, dear Lord, let us go to you and spend more time in prayer with you if we're not already. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.